0: As we prepare to hear our scripture reading this morning, uh, parents and guardians, you're welcome to get your kids uh, to the computer so they can hear the story as well. Um, today we continue our journey through the Gospel of Mark. Um, Jesus has entered Jerusalem and in those first few days entered the temple and began to get into debates with religious leaders, that tension really coming to a head as Jesus critiques them and the institution itself. For looking out more for its own needs than for the needs of those on the margins. We'll see Jesus continue this theme just slightly as the disciples and Jesus leave the temple in our reading this morning. We'll hear the disciples comment on on the large stones and the the beauty and size of the temple. And Jesus says, not one stone will be left standing. It's basically uh, not only a foreshadowing to the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem that will happen by Rome, but it's also um, a reminder that the institution itself will change. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the sermon today. And then the rest of the reading is what is known in Mark as the little apocalypse, essentially a reading about the end times. And what's helpful to know about this is that apocalypse means revelation and it's a particular form of literature, a form of storytelling that was written for people who were undergoing suffering and persecution as a way to give them hope. And it stemmed from a worldview that everything that was happening on earth was uh, part of this cosmic battle between good and evil. And so all the earthly events um, are then correlated to, uh, or cast in a larger framework of kind of cosmic events that are happening. And so you'll hear elements of that in the story this morning But they're there to serve as a way to give people hope and comfort. While we may have a different worldview today, I think there are still lessons that we can draw from this. In terms of the assurance that God is with us, in terms of the ways that we can keep watch, keep our eyes open for God's presence in our
1: world now. So let us listen for the word of God. This is a reading from the book of Mark, chapter 13. Verses 1 through 8, and then verses 24 to 37. As he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. And Jesus asked him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. Many will come in my name and say, I am he, and they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdoms. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. This is but the beginning of the birth pains. But in those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the human one coming in clouds with great power and glory, Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven nor the sun, but only the heavenly parent. or at cock-crow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. Here ends the reading.
0: O gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, friends, as human beings, we are meaning-making people. That is, we want our life to make sense. We want our experiences to matter. We, we want to know that our life has meaning. But sometimes meaning is really hard to come by, and those times when life feels uncertain, when we're worried, when we're anxious, when we're panicked. And this is when our faith becomes just so important because it is the handhold. It's the, it's the guide rope that we hold on to as we walk through those uncertain times. Even if we can't see what is right ahead of us, even if we don't know exactly um, what's coming. Faith is what allows us to remember that God is with us and it gives us that thing to hold on to and that reminder that we will get to the other side to that place of meaning and new life I want to start with this because I think this is really what our passage is about this morning but it's hard to see that just on face value because at the first reading this really looks like a manifesto of fear that um, all the talk of Wars and rumors of wars and sun darkening and stars uh, falling. That it helps to remember what the point of apocalyptic writing is. It's to meet people in their very real circumstances. To meet them in their fears. And to offer them a word of comfort and hope. That God is still with them. And that God will be with them and help them get to the other side. To that place of meaning new life and so I want to invite us to look at this passage this morning both in the story of Jesus life when he shares this story in the narrative also look at what it meant for Mark's community two generations later when it was being written down and then finally to to look at it in terms of what it means for us today as we face the COVID pandemic uh, in our world in the narrative itself, we remember that this begins in Holy Week. That the story takes place in Holy Week, and it's just days before Jesus's uh, betrayal, his arrest, his torture, and his crucifixion. It's a time when the signs are already pointing to ominous outcomes. The Jesus and and the religious leaders have been coming to a head. There's much more Roman military presence in Jerusalem because it's Passover and. Uh, there's fear of any kind of insurrection. There's clear um, knowledge and experience that crucifixion is a, is a way that Rome uses to swelch anyone who is uh, seen as a threat. And so the, the fear and the anxiety is palpable even as the disciples are moving around Jerusalem. Even if Jesus doesn't know exactly what is coming, he knows that it's probably not going to be good. And he knows that even for the disciples, there's a fear of being even associated with Jesus, which we'll see when we move toward the cross and people ask Peter if, why they're hanging out with him. We know it from history after the fact that the disciples will also suffer and some of them will be killed. And yet in this story, which is Jesus' last teaching before we move into the story of the Passion, Jesus is trying to assure them that no matter what comes, whether it's war in the form of the violence of Rome, whether it's false prophets in the terms of people claiming to be Jesus or like him, whether it's a darkened sun which will happen, as Mark tells it, during Jesus' crucifixion, God is still there. And Jesus says to his disciples, these are but the birth pangs of something new. It will be hard, it will be painful, it will be scary. Some people will suffer and die, but God is still there. And like the image Jesus says of the fig leaf, uh, new life will come. This is not to discount the suffering that the disciples will face. It's not to minimize their very real fears, but it's a way to say that you are not alone that God is there, that hope is possible, and to look for the signs, keep watch for the signs of God's presence in the world. This is a very similar message to what Mark's audience also hears some two generations later when this is written down. You may remember that Mark uh, was written around 70 CE, at a time when there really was war and rumor of war, 70 is when, uh, 67 to 70 is when Rome came into Jerusalem, um, when they uh, squelched a rebellion and in the process destroyed the temple. And in years previous to that, the people in Mark's audience had also experienced famine. In the 50s in Palestine, around 61 CE, there was an earthquake and volcano that led to the destruction of Pompeii. It's feasible to think the sky was darkened then. And so there is palpable sense of these disasters happening, this fear happening, the real fear of war with Rome. And so when Mark writes to his hearers, it's not to warn them of all the things that will to come. It's saying these are the things that are happening now but God is still with us. That these are the birth pangs for something new, that God's kingdom is still coming, that love and mercy and justice are still possible, and to know that God is still with us, to keep awake and watch for where God is at work in the world. As I hear this story, both for Jesus' disciples and for Mark's audience, I think there's a way that it speaks to us, Today, we are also living in scary times. We are living in times when there are wars and rumors of wars, not just military wars, but the war on COVID 19. We hear all kinds of rumors about this war. There's all kinds of false information going on. There's even false prophets uh, talking about it in ways that they're saying we have it under control or it's not a big deal. But if we listen to the medical professionals, we know that it's likely to get worse uh, before it gets better. There is real anxiety, there's real illness, there's real death, there's real grief and worry. But there's also the very real promise that God is with us and the very real assurance that this is the beginning of the birth pangs. Because here's the thing, we are a resurrection people. And not to move us too quickly to Easter, I know it's still Lent, but the fact of the matter is we need that resurrection message. The promise of our faith is the promise of new life, it's the promise of new hope, it's the promise of possibility. And so even though it is likely to get worse before it gets better, even though as a nation and a world we are walking through the very real shadow of the valley of death. There is another side. And we will get there. That is the promise of our faith. And so what our job is right now is to hold on to that rope. It's to keep awake, it's to keep watch. Not for all the things that are going wrong, but for all the ways that God is here all the ways that God is showing up in us and among us and through us. And to keep watch for the new life that at some point will come among us. As meaning-making people, this is part of what we try to do. It's part of how we hold out hope for each other and try to find our way forward. So as I keep watch, as I look around for Those signs of God's love, signs of hope, signs of what maybe could be birth pangs. Here's what I see and what I am hoping for and where I hope we see new life. One is in the area of deepening connections. That has been amazing to me over the last few weeks to watch how people are realizing our need for connection and are connecting in new and creative ways. For some of us, it's the first time that we've ever really reached out and talked to some of our neighbors or that we've been talked to by our neighbors. There's a sense of bonding together in those local spaces. We are reaching out with new technology in new ways, finding ways to communicate with family and friends as a church that we haven't done before. There's even new ways that we connect with people we don't know. I learned of an app this week called quarantine chat where it was designed by people who were missing the random interactions you have with strangers. And so if you sign up for the app, uh, you can be connected by phone to another stranger somewhere in the world who is quarantining and you have a chance just to have a conversation with each other. The hope is that when we get to the other side, we will remember uh, some of these connections. We will remember our need for connection and, and take the best of that with us. Another way that I see God at work, that I'm hoping for something new, is in the systems. As I've talked about this the last couple weeks, we are learning about the fault lines in our systems and institutions. Whether that's the healthcare system or Wall Street, whether that's uh, in employment benefits or whether it's in schools or even churches, we are, we are learning where there are cracks and where people are falling through the cracks. And so hopefully we'll learn a thing or two when this is over that we'll make changes in our institutions, appeal to our better angels, and find ways to make fixes to our healthcare system so more people are covered, to how we prepare for things like pandemics, that we'll uh, look out for people through different ways we do employment benefits and support for people that, even as church, we'll, we'll take the best of what we're learning and use it. For good, I saw a meme earlier this week that was saying, uh, the church is not empty, it's just deployed. Meaning that we are being the church in our own spaces, we're learning new ways how to be the church through concrete actions in our neighborhoods. And so hopefully when, when we come back together, we'll have learned new things that will change how we move going forward. Lastly, in addition to connections and to systems, I have hope for and see God and hope for birth pangs even in our own priorities. That part of what we're learning as a people and I think especially in our nation here is we are learning what matters. That there are basic necessities that we all need like health and safety and food and shelter and that it's important that everybody has those. Um, And for those of us who uh, have those, are privileged enough to have those still secure in this time. It's an opportunity then to think about what is the priority in our life? How do we make meaning in our lives? And I know for me, as I've talked to some of the other people who are still trying to work during this time or work from home, there's a lot of reflection about um, the call to be productive. Uh, I have talked to some people about what I've heard is called panic working, where you're working all the harder uh, from home or trying to do more stuff because it's a way to feel like you're in control. Others who are saying it, we're realizing how much uh, we always focus on productivity and how that's the, a god almost that we worship and so what does it mean when we have to do our work in different ways and how can we make room for some of those things that we might also need like rest and creativity and reflection. I've been amazed at some of the creative things that people have done as they've been at home. Everything from choirs creating all kinds of new music to uh, people creating all kinds of poetry to uh, just finding new ways to think about how we order our lives and how we make meaning out of them. And so again, when we get to the other side, hopefully there will be some learnings. There'll be some new priorities. We'll see those signs of the birth pangs of something new. I don't know what will happen in the coming weeks. And as I listen to the experts, I keep hearing that it will get worse before it gets better. But I also know we're not the first generation to have faced these difficulties and to have found a way through. Whether it was Jesus and his disciples, whether it was Mark's community long ago, whether it was people in the Middle Ages facing the bubonic plague, whether it was parents or grandparents facing the Great Depression, We have those ancestors and those ancestors in faith who have walked the ways before us. And they show us that it's possible to hold on to that guide rope of faith and to walk through those valleys of the shadow of death and to remember that God is with us and helps move us toward the other side. So as we go through these coming weeks, may we hold on to that rope. May we hold on to that assurance that God is with us. God who is the ground and the source of our being. The one who calls us into hope, into meaning, and into new life. Amen.